Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, May 4th. We are here live, and it is Destination Health Day. So calls are already starting to come in. I have a couple things I want to talk about, then I'll get to those calls. So keep them coming. If you dial right now, I promise you'll get through 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. After Destination Health today, I'll be joined by Lauren, and we'll be doing our second episode of After Hours with Kevin and Lauren. We're going to be highlighting one of our discovery calls and one-on-one cases, uh, just to get you familiar with that process and see what's possible. See how the whole flow of it works. We put a lot of time and effort into designing this and making it simple, but very powerful and effective. So we want to give you an idea of how that whole process works and some of the results we get. Um, That program is going extremely well. So we'll be doing that after the Destination Health Q&A today. Give you an update on the listener app. It is in beta Uh, Both versions are out and being used by our beta test group, and the feedback so far has been excellent. I know I've been playing with the app. Um, Not a lot of bugs, some pretty minor stuff, things you always expect. That's why we do beta. Really, really nice features. I'm excited about the app. The feedback we've been getting has been awesome. Um, The one comment we get a lot is, People love the fact that they can listen to all the shows anytime they want. Once we record a show, it's going to be there forever. We even brought shows back from um, the original days of the Audio Road Network. They're in there as well. My goal would be to try to add a new show every week. I know that's a pretty aggressive schedule right now. We've stuck to it for the last two weeks. Uh, I have to figure out what show we're trying to launch next week so we can stay on that schedule. Uh, had some great comments about sound quality, a real uh, real compliment. Somebody said that our sound quality is better than when we were on Sirius XM. That's pretty awesome. But we now have control over our sound. I didn't then. Uh, once I sent the sound to them, then they did all the mixing and levels. And so we had no control over that. We used to get a lot of complaints. Uh, It can be challenging. I'm not saying we're always going to be perfect. You know, when you're dealing with cell phones, um, which is primarily everything these days, and sometimes people are driving and there's a lot of background noise. And so we don't have total control, but I think we have a system now that really helps us Uh, tweak those sound levels on the fly so that you're not trying to adjust your volume all the time. Uh, So keep the feedback coming. I believe we probably would still accept some beta testers. If you're interested, um, reach out to Aaron or Angie on either one of the tribe sites. If you're not a member of the tribe sites, by the way, come on over and join Lots and lots of great information there. We're going to continue to add more stuff as well. So healthytribe.com and truckingtribe.com. All right, a couple things, and then I'm going to get to the calls. They're starting to come in, so jump in now. I've been doing some work directly with clients one-on-one. While I was on the road, I actually did it a lot. Uh, Lauren does 
really all of our discovery calls and one-on-ones. What was happening when I was on the road is I was just with people. I was meeting with people. So I actually just started working with them because they had a lot of questions. And some of them are family members. Some of them are old friends I haven't seen in years or decades. Some were just um, people I ran into while I was on the road at the truck show at Pittsburgh Power. And nobody I'm charging, just, you know, giving people advice and helping them work through this. And it's always good for me to do that as well. I want to keep my hands in that. And that's another reason why uh, I'm excited about the show with Lauren and I, because that will keep me more involved. Lauren does such a good job on those that um, she really never needs my help on them. So I haven't been as involved. So this show now will help keep me involved. But one of the patterns, and I, I, I know I've noticed this before, I've never really talked about it, and there's some statistics that would explain this. I think doctors now have, I don't know, it's less than like seven or eight minutes per patient during their day. And there are a lot of reasons for that. To me, that seems insane. My God, you can get more time with your lawnmower mechanic than you can your doctor. So, if we know this is the case, why haven't we fixed that? I mean, there's so many things broken about our medical system. But here's one of the things I I realized. I was working with somebody who, if you look at them, you would never think that they were unhealthy or diabetic or had metabolic syndrome or any of these issues. Um, They look actually very healthy, not overweight at all, just, you know, not sick looking in any way. Uh, And yet they were having some pretty severe symptoms. And I think this person would probably be around 40 um, in that ballpark. So that's another thing we're seeing a lot of these metabolic diseases happening at younger and younger ages talked about the fact that they're now saying 30% of teens are pre-diabetic. That that number still boggles my mind, and we've got to fix that. They will be suffering um, severe effects from that before they're 30. That's scary. Our food supply gets worse and worse every year. Our health gets worse every year. We're dealing with younger and younger people with this. But this person, again, healthy, worked out. Actually, that's where the problem first showed up. Um, they were passing out at the gym, several episodes. So they go to the doctor and there's, you know, going to the doctor is kind of like taking your truck to the shop, troubleshooting. What are the things that could cause somebody to pass out? What are the easiest to eliminate first? That's how we work when we work with people in, in our practice. We, we do a NutriQ, which tells us a lot about what's going on in their body. Um, I don't know why doctors don't use more diagnostic tools like this, but they don't seem to. They like to jump into blood work and that, and that's, you know, that costs money. We like our approach. The NutriQ we do for free. We do the first 10-minute discovery call at no charge. But we have good diagnostic tools. So by the time we get to that 10-minute call with somebody, 
we have at least an hour of work into it. We already have a plan. The 10 minutes is just to kind of convey the plan and answer any questions. In our one-on-ones, we spend as much time as you want answering questions. Doctors, because of the system, they have no time. So here's what was shocking. They went through the usual stuff, why this person might be passing out. They did some blood work, found some irregularities with blood sugar, and actually recommended a continuous glucose monitor. I was happy and excited. That's a really good step. The thing was that I found interesting is I've mentioned many times I wear a continuous glucose monitor. I don't have it on now. I wore it for about three months straight. I'll go back. I have some. They each sensor lasts two weeks. I think I have four or five sensors around still. And when I want to test an idea, I'll put a sensor back on and I'll wear it for two weeks. I've said I learned more about blood sugar by wearing that sensor than almost anything else I've done. All the reading. Now, all the reading and understanding helped me interpret what I was seeing when I wore it. But I learned a lot about blood sugar. So I was excited that they actually recommended a continuous glucose monitor. They also said the doctor had made the comment, if we see numbers under 60, that would be a bad thing. And that's kind of sort of true. We don't get too crazy about a number. If you show up at 55 on your blood sugar, but you have no symptoms, it's really no big deal. We do worry about low blood sugar that causes symptoms and passing out is one of them. So this is one of the more likely things that would have caused these episodes of passing out almost always happened in the gym from the exertion. So wore the continuous glucose monitor for two weeks had multiple episodes under 60, one maybe even into the 30s at one point, Uh, but multiple episodes, I think maybe as many as 12 in that two weeks. And at that point, even though the doctor had said, if we see under 60, that would be a bad thing, when he saw all these episodes, really didn't do anything about it, didn't explain it, didn't make any real recommendations on diet, nothing that was going to help much. I, I kind of thought, well, went through all that stuff. What was the result? What, what are you supposed to do? And the person doesn't have any clue what they were supposed to do. And of course, when you have low blood sugar, they give you sugar, uh, a candy bar, juice, whatever. I, that's our system. So I just think that one of the things that helps us help other people is the fact that we explain things. I took the time to go through the whole process of how sugar affects our body. And I explained that sugar and starch, basically the same thing to our body and our metabolism starch, any starch, whether it's potatoes, rice, starchy root vegetables, whatever, that starch is just a lot of sugar molecules tied together so you don't taste them as sweet. It's the only difference. Once your body starts to break those bonds of starch, then it becomes sugar to your body and it has the exact same impact on blood glucose as sugar itself. So sugar and starch 
carbohydrates. I went through that whole process. Here's what happens when you eat them. The amount of glucose in your blood goes up. You need insulin to move it out of your blood into the cell. Once the cells are full, then it's harder and harder to try to cram more sugar into the cells. That's when your blood sugar starts to remain elevated over time. The problem is it takes years to get to this point. He should have been easy to diagnose at this point as a diabetic because he's having what we refer to as reactive hypoglycemia. And this is usually one of the first indicators for people that their blood sugar is out of control. There are almost never symptoms of high blood sugar. You could be walking around in the 200s all day long and never know it. That's why people go years without figuring out that they're diabetic and they have been for a while. The symptoms come in with low blood sugar. By the time you start having low blood sugar episodes, you're diabetic. Although they did not diagnose him as diabetic, didn't make any real recommendations, and they should have. So we've got him on a carnivore diet and working with him on other things. Um, actually, it was it was kind of interesting, um, digestive-wise, no problems whatsoever, which is unusual, but uh, pretty high scores on blood sugar handling and immune system and uh you don't want a weak immune system especially these days so it's i just i'm shocked that doctors just don't take any time whatsoever to spend with people and explain things so that so that they get it i think as humans if we can understand something we might be more motivated to make the changes to fix it But so few people really understand what's going on with their health and our medical system. Maybe they're, you know, I know they don't have a lot of time. Maybe they're just tired of explaining it over and over and people don't change anyway. I I don't know. But it's a totally different approach we take in our discovery calls and one-on-ones. We don't want to just tell you what to do. We want you to understand how food affects your body, how nutrients affect your body, what you should be eating and shouldn't be eating, and why, my favorite question, why? Why shouldn't I eat that? What happens when I do? So we also get plenty of time on this show to explain it, but we take as much time as we can with our clients as well. So we'll be showing you more about that process in our new show. Uh, and that'll be coming up right after today's Q&A. So I'm going to get to the calls. If you want to jump in and join us, I would do it now. 855-950-3835. I'm going to head off to Alabama to get started. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Yeah, I got a couple of things, and and I, I really appreciate you taking the time to break things down. I'll never forget when you broke down. I think I called once and asked about autoimmune and you, you uh, gave me a great analogy of how uh, <laughs> weakening of the stomach lining, and, you know, how grains and things can do that and how, how and why. And so I really appreciate that. And yeah, let oh, me, and, and I wanted to say, yeah, sorry. Let, let me jump sorry in about and my come call on. the other day. 
Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and that's another good example. Autoimmune conditions have exploded. We have over 100 different autoimmune conditions now. We keep figuring out new diseases or, you know, things we didn't understand before that they are <clears throat> autoimmune. And we do know how that happens. And you're right, I explained it. It happens through grains, weakening the uh, stomach lining, and then stuff that isn't supposed to get into our bloodstream gets into our bloodstream then our body starts attacking i went through that and yet doctors will tell you they don't understand what causes autoimmune conditions that that's still their answer they they actually just say we don't understand it well go read a book maybe they didn't teach you in medical school but it doesn't mean your education has to stop there there's some really good books about it go learn yeah and uh even some of our Parents or family members don't believe it's truck drivers either. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. It's, you know, it, it, it's crazy. But look, I don't care what Even your occupation is. I don't care what your education <laughs> level is. If you read this stuff and well, you, you understand it. it, you yeah. can learn it. Right. Right. So, and, and yeah, I meant to say, uh, sorry if my question the other day was confusing. Um, Sarah reminded me that uh, the, the sugar alcohols can kind of, she, I, I mentioned bacteria, gut bacteria, but it was it was actually this can kind of weaken the stomach lining in the oh. same way that alcohols and grains can. Alcohols and grains, but yeah, as far as the erythritol, you know, um, right, and all that. Yeah, so I didn't mean to be confusing, but and of course it'd be a, a you'd have to consume a lot, I would guess. Obviously, a little erythritol is not going to be as harmful as alcohol and and grains, but right. Yeah, and that, that's what she kind of mentioned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in the beginning with people, we like to avoid as much confusion as possible. So many times it's just easier to say, avoid this completely. It's one of the reasons I think carnivore has been so successful. Yeah. One, it's a, it just really is a good diet for humans. But two, it's easy to understand. There's not a lot of rules. You don't have to remember a lot of things. But then at some point, we do realize that, you know, as humans, we like some variety in our diet. So at some point we talk about, yes, you can add some fruit back in, be careful with it. Yeah, you might be able to add some white rice and some starch in once in a while. You know, some sweeteners like erythritol might not be that big of a deal. Although I, I tend, when it comes to sweeteners, I, I really tend to think, stay away from them as long as you can completely. Don't try to use the substitutions. Just try to, you know, kind of right. white knuckle through it if you have to, to get rid of those cravings. Because a lot of people will go right yeah. from, you know, a sweet American diet to a sweet keto diet using all of these sweeteners yeah, they are low carb. Yeah. yeah, you're probably still getting benefits. But I, I think if you can break that sweet habit first, then when you go back, and, and I like some sweetness. I There are some things that, you know, I eat that are sweet. Uh, but I, I would rather stick with the real sweeteners that, that have some nutrition yeah, right. to them, like maple syrup, maple sugar, right. honey, figs, thing, things like that. So, yeah, it's nice to get that treat. Yeah, me too. But I, I'd rather it all be real. Yeah, and because even when I first tasted that Cardio America, I was like, wow, it's really sweet, you know, and I, it looks got like, it's got some urethritol in there. Right. And before I forget, Jamie was like, hey, ask him if I can, 
should take Cardio Miracle twice a day. You know, like how he, he could just, I mean, I, I, I'm taking it before I work out, but yeah, before I, Tammy wants to know, should she take it twice a day or do you see a purpose for that? Or cause it does say it on the, I, I don't know. You yeah, know that's the, her question anyway. <laughs> no, the, the dose is twice a day. And again, you oh, know, okay. I talk about people, you know, when we talk about multivitamins and, you know, you're going to take this one tablet or capsule or whatever, it, there's no way you can get the nutrients you need right. out of that one. So when you see yeah, a product like, like this, that's why it's two big scoops a day. That's what it takes to get that many nutrients in. So wow. I am kind of looking yeah, even that at one big scoop. At Cardio Miracle, if, if you feel like your diet isn't nutrient-dense enough, it, it's a great addition every day. And one or two. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. if you take yeah, one and you're getting big. good results, try two. I'm big on results. I, I, I have a hard time taking supplements that I can't tell a difference in the way I feel. The one that, that I don't feel yeah. different when I take it, but I take it because I've seen the results, I've seen the proof, I get it. Vitamin D. I don't feel any better when I supplement with vitamin D. I don't feel any different. Right. But I take it because I yeah. know it's very easy to get low on D. And like I said, the first time I stopped taking it in eight years, I got sick for the first time in eight years. May have been a coincidence, but I'm not going to take any chances. I think I'll stick with my D. But for the most part, if I start taking a supplement, and I test a lot of supplements, and I'll do blood work, and you know, I can see a result in the blood work. But for me, every day... If I'm taking it, I want to feel different. And if I don't, I'll probably end up not taking it anymore. Okay, yeah. And and if we, we're doing all the things, you know, like all, all of us are, you know, when we keep our gut, our stomach lining strong, like with, you know, the butter and the, uh, you know, healthy fats and the, um, um, all the fermented know, foods. Uh, what can I say? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been... It's not going to hurt us and, and degrade our, exactly. our, our stomach line because we're keeping it keeping it strong every day. Yeah. So I also had a I had a question about you know yeah we take that collagen you know in, in teaspoons you know two teaspoons is what I do and then uh, is is that bone marrow compl- you know the bone and bone marrow uh, from ancestral would that be considered the same? It it really is. There's. They're not exact, but there are a lot of components. Even we, you know, you can take gelatin and Bulletproof actually makes a product, collagelatin, which is collagen and gelatin. What we're after is the, the fact that in our diet now, we, even if we eat animal heavy, even if we're eating carnivore, you find most people, all they're eating is the muscle meat. They're eating steaks, they're eating roasts, they're eating chops, they're eating burger. That's all muscle meat. We're skipping the most nutritious. Enough collagen anyway. Yeah, we're we're skipping most of the nutritious parts of the animal. We're not making bone broth anymore. We're we're not eating all the bits and pieces and connective tissue. And you know, we we trim that stuff off. We don't want to eat it. It's so we're missing a lot of our gut. Yeah, it it is all of that stuff. It's good for our own joints, our own bones, our own connective tissue. Yeah, right. All right. Well, I, I wanted to ask you how you, uh, you mentioned you had shoulder pain come back again, but how did you, uh, what did you do to get rid of it? 
Well, I, I took a step back and thought, okay, what changed? What, what has changed in my diet? Why is this coming back again? Last time I thought it was eating out too often when I was on the road. When you eat out, you get, no matter yeah. how hard you try, even if you're only eating animal products from a restaurant, you're getting poor quality meat and you're getting poor quality oils. So you're getting too right. much omega-6 is what that really leads to. And I realized for whatever reason, I wasn't eating as much seafood I, and it, it wasn't a conscious choice. I just had realized uh, I must not, you know, I'm not craving it like I was. So I'm not eating it very often. Oh, yeah, I yeah. So the logical thing, pain and inflammation can come from an imbalance of too much omega-6, not enough omega-3. So I realized I'm not eating enough seafood. I'm not eating the high quality beef and pork like I was that has more omega-3 in it. And I've been eating a lot of chicken for some reason. On the road, it was just easy to throw a bunch of chicken in. So I thought, this is just an omega-6-3 imbalance. I could have tested for it. But instead, I just started doubling up on the seafood. More mackerel, more sardines, more salmon, more tuna, mussels, crab. I uh, ate you know, Chipino for lunch every day and threw more seafood in it. And within about 10 days, the pain started to subside and now it's gone. And now I'm back at home and I'm completely convinced it will just stay away now. I was hoping you got on YouTube and typed in trucking with the cars and show the paint out the window video, you know, because I was hoping you would find a band and try it as you were driving on the way home. You know, I, I had all my bands with me. I had my red light there. I, I had everything with me and yet I almost never did my protocols. I just, with everything else going on, and I know it's an excuse, I could have found the time, but I didn't and I paid for it. Now I feel like I'm starting all over again. Well, I'm not supposed to say, you know, do, but I do it while I'm driving. You know, I don't, I'm not supposed to say for safety <laughs> reasons, but I do this one and it's, it's on that, it's on that trucking with the cars, two hours where I have the, a broken band that I can save and I just hold it with my steering wheel and, uh, do this, uh, that movement that I showed a couple movements and, and it really helps in stay in the seat longer. Oh, good. I will <laughs> check that out. Yeah. I was, okay. All right. That's YouTube, right? Appreciate it. Yeah, you too. Trucking with the cars. C-A-R-R-S. Excellent. We love that you guys do that stuff, by the way. Uh, All right, cool. All right, talk to you soon. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Wisconsin this time. Tim, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you today? Good. What's on your mind? Hey, uh... I, it was interesting that you uh, got on the blood sugar thing. I actually was going to ask you a question about Cardio Miracle, but a uh, couple interesting stats about blood sugar. Um, that's really interesting. I don't hear, I mean, you mentioned this from time to time, but a lot of the studies about blood sugar, you know, we look at blood sugar like diabetes and all those issues. Obviously they're bad, but you know, any elevation of blood sugar is bad for the body and causes damage. And it can be outside of the, you know, outside of the parameters of uh, being a diabetic. Uh, but any, any elevation for over a period of time, and it could be like 140, 120, 140 damage can start to occur already. 
So, um, interesting thing about those monitors, uh, I think they're really interesting, uh, provide a lot of data, but, uh, I, I met a guy once who was a diabetic. He had one and he wore that thing all the time and he could tell you all the numbers. Here's one thing that I don't think I've ever heard you talk about that I have seen that people do. So they, you know, they watch their sugar through their monitor and instead of changing their diet, they modify it and they still eat all the crap, but they modify it to keep their blood sugars, what they think is in a range that's safe. Um, you know, there's one guy in particular, you know, the cool thing about those monitors is, you know, they don't lie. A1C doesn't necessarily lie. So, you know, a guy would say, oh, yeah, I'm eating perfect. I'm doing everything the way I am. And then uh, their A1C comes back and it's in the sixes. And you go, well, no, you're not. And they would say, well, I, you know, I monitor my blood sugar. I do this. I watch this. So that's an interesting thing with them. I, it, it, it provides yeah. such a great amount of information, but I've seen people use them in a way that they're probably not meant to be used. No, I think you're right. They're, they're basically gaming the system is, is what's happening here. They're using the data to get better numbers, but not better results. And that happens Correct. so often in our medical system. Well, I've talked, I did a whole show on statins and why they should just be taken off the market. Um, and it's the same thing that, that it's just a game with numbers. Yeah. You take a stat, the doctor tells you your cholesterol's too high. Well, Ask him to explain it to you one time. I'm shocked at how many doctors really know almost nothing about cholesterol. So ask him to explain. What, what do you mean it's too high? Why is it too high? Ask the question why. Well, it's just too high. That's bad for you. You're going to have a heart attack or a stroke. We've got to give you a statin and get that number down. And they give you a statin and they do get the number down. But that's all that happens. The number goes down. You're not any healthier. Your odds of having a heart attack or, or dying from something aren't any lower. Actually, we don't know how or why, but people on statins die more often from all causes. And we can't explain that. It, it's a correlation. We can't say it's a causation, but the numbers are pretty consistent. When people are on statins, they die more often than people who aren't on statins, even from things like suicide. And you would think, well, what does a statin have to do with suicide? Hell, I don't know, but those are the numbers and nobody ever really seems to pay attention to them. But most of our medical system is designed to just game the numbers. And I'll I'll make another correlation to another one of our um, quasi-government agencies, our education system. That's nothing but a game of the numbers. We're not teaching kids how to learn. We're not teaching them how to be intelligent, how to work through problems and solve them. We teach them to memorize a bunch of stuff just long enough to take a test, also designed by the government, and we're just gaming numbers. I, I don't like numbers. I like results. And so we, our system is designed a lot more to get results, not just game the numbers. Yeah, you know, the, uh, you look at Dr. Perlmutter's work, um, 
the interesting thing is that that elevation in blood sugar, even though you're not a diabetic, just that slight elevation. I mean, you know, there's correlations with, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's. That Absolutely. And, and we know why. And that's not even, that's not even we, right. It's not even being a diabetic. It's just correct. elevation of blood sugar. Yeah. And, and we know why. Here's here's the other reason, you know, A1C is actually a really poor marker. Take the example I gave this morning. The person who does not, you, you don't look at this person and immediately think, oh, he's probably diabetic. And a lot of people we do look at and I say, yeah, I can just about guarantee they're diabetic. But you run into these people that are lean, healthy, active. You don't think diabetes first their A1C can actually be really normal right now. And here's why. They are starting to lose control of their blood sugar, so they're getting extreme highs, but they're also getting extreme lows. I said he had 12 episodes in in two weeks under 60. Well, what happens, A1C is an average. What happens when you take a bunch of high numbers and a bunch of low numbers and you average them, you get a normal number. You think, oh, look, this person's right where they want to be. No, if you look at every episode, you could see they were spiking over 200 and dropping under 50. But that still comes back to a fairly normal number. That's why our, our system of diagnosing yeah. diabetes is so poor. Right. I, uh, you know, uh, fasting uh, blood glucose, or excuse me, fasting uh, blood insulin is the best. But uh, see, the thing, though, the difference, though, is, Kevin, is the low blood sugars, they're, they're short periods of time. So it, it's not exactly what you're describing. It, it's not, it doesn't balance out the A1C because they're short. No, it does for you know, a long time. World, it does. That's why it takes 10 but, years for a doctor yeah, to but, diagnose diabetes because all they're looking at is fasting blood sugar and A1C. And both of those can be deceived. Well, they don't even. They, well, here, they don't even look at A1C unless you're fasting blood right, sugar is right. over 100. Well, I've seen a lot of doctors that just have A1C as a normal panel. So if you go in for any kind of blood work, they tend to tack A1C on there because they know it is such a problem. They never used to do that, but now they know that it's very, very common for people to have elevated blood sugar, so they tack A1C on there. But it's almost worse that they do. Because for a long time, that A1C can look pretty darn normal, even though, like you mentioned, if we were to check their fasting insulin levels or their insulin levels after meals, we would see that they are clearly losing control of blood sugar. Well, my opinion now, based on everything I've read, probably three quarters of the population have problems with that, I would guess. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, anyway, a uh, couple of things. First off, cardio miracle, uh, any issue with that? Uh, they call it that, uh, alcohol sugar for carbs in that. The, the, the erythritol, um, that's what we were just talking about. It's not something we want a lot of in our diet. You know, you can use a re- 25, 25 grams. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not, you almost have to have something in a product like this because, like I said, 
you've got to take two big scoops of this stuff a day to get all the nutrients in we're trying to get in. You can't just swallow one capsule. It doesn't work. The problem is most of the other components that go into this are extremely bitter. Like nobody would be able to choke down a glass of this stuff. You just wouldn't be able to do it. So now your other option becomes, okay, now we have to fill up 15 capsules or 20 or 25, whatever it would take. And you got to try to swallow all these capsules. So the less, this, in my opinion, is like the lesser of two evils. What's the easiest way to be able to consume this stuff every day? And is that amount of erythritol going to bother us? For most people, no. And here's, here's another indication. If you're over-consuming sugar alcohols, erythritol, xylitol, mannitol, almost anything that ends in O-O-L is probably going to be a sugar alcohol. If you're over-consuming these, you'll probably have some digestive issues because your body can't digest these. That's why even though they're sweet, they have very little impact on your blood sugar. They can have an impact because if our body even senses sweetness, sometimes it releases insulin. But it's really minor, and this is a fairly small dose. Now, I would warn people if you're taking Cardio Miracle every day, I would watch other products and make sure there isn't a lot of sugar alcohols in them. Yeah. You know, uh, you made, I heard earlier, you mentioned about uh, that person you were helping with blood sugar level at 60 and the doctor says, oh, that's bad. You know, <laughs> the funny thing is, is, I mean, you treat people if they're symptomatic, you know, Correct. and right. uh, just because someone dips into 60 doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you know, on the brink of diabetes. I mean, it can happen, but you treat them when they're, uh, you know, symptomatic and, uh, but, uh, hey, last thing I wanted to say, Kevin, is, uh, you know, this new format of everything that you're doing, I, I listen all the time. I got to say, um, it's a thousand times better than what you ever did. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. It, it really is. No, it really is. And uh, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, you don't know uh, the good things that you do for people. I'm sure you hear it. but. Um, that format is phenomenal, and um, I, I'm, I'm so happy for you uh, because I think once you release this to the general public, uh, it's, it's going to be a very, very good, lucrative thing for you because you, you uh, uh, got it nailed down, and um, I'm just happy for you. It's a great job you're doing. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way everything has worked out. I get up and I'm excited again. And I look at all the possibilities and the potential and all the, I mean, I have idea boards everywhere. I have poster boards that I write ideas on. I have my uh, tablet that I take notes on with a ton of ideas on there. And, you know, I, I look back on some of those ideas and I'm like, well, why didn't we do that? And most of it was because of the restrictions we were facing on the air. You know, I had 15 hours. I had a certain format I had to stick to. I have commercials I have to deal with. And, and that was it. And we had kind of maximized our hours. What, what more could I do when I tried to, you know, if I would have tried to add a political segment, people would have gone nuts because I would have had to take something else away to do that. Now, I don't have to. I can just add 
you know, I can do more time. I can do more hours. We can get more hosts. So I, I am excited about it. I think um, I'm really excited about the technology our team is coming up with, and that's just going to get better and better. The ability, we are really looking forward to the ability for somebody to go in and say, you know, let me see all the calls where where they talked about continuous glucose monitoring and our library will sort that for you. And you'll go right to the call where we talked about continuous glucose monitoring. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've been listening to you since the beginning, probably at least 10 years. And I'm, I'm just intrigued at the evolution that you have gone through and where you are today and, uh, you know, where you'll be tomorrow. I mean, uh, it's really exciting. Glad that, uh, you know, we're all a part of it. And uh, just, you know, congratulations and great success. Well, thank you. And thanks for the support because without that, we wouldn't be doing this. Uh, but we're, we're very excited about a lot of things that are happening. So uh, we'll continue to keep you updated on that. I had a thought in there, something I... Um, then I thought I might, ah, well, maybe it'll come back to me. Let's continue on with the calls. Let's go to Texas this time. Greg, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Kevin. Hey, uh, and kind of add a little bit to, to his kudos. Uh, you know, you've got a great team there. I mean, you know, Angie and Aaron and Lisa and Brittany, uh, you know, they're, they all seem to be on top of, on top of everything. And I know y'all have had, you know, definitely had y'all's work cut out for y'all these last couple of months. Yeah. And we certainly appreciate the support. It's helped a lot. I I am, you know, I've been saying it a long time. I am absolutely blessed to be surrounded by people who, can do all the things that I'm not good at, which, which is, you know, we, we've tried to put our team together in that way. We, we look at strengths and what strengths do we already have as a team? What do we need to add? Uh, another example is Lauren, which who's one of our newest team members. And yeah. um, Lauren yeah. filled a huge role, even though people don't know it. Lauren tends to work more in the background. They're going to know it now because we're going to be doing a show with her every week. But um, I love doing one-on-ones. I love working directly with clients, but there are some challenges for me around that. I have to have an assistant because there's too many details and I get lost in the details and I forget to do them and that's bad customer service. We can't have that. So when I do one-on-ones, it takes two people because I need somebody to help me. Uh, and and I yeah. then it I don't go work on the big projects because I'm tired and all those details wear me out. And, you know, I, so Lauren is, she can do it all herself. I mean, she's good at the details. She's really good with people. Um, certainly we have a team that helps her, but that was a really good move to bring her in. She's actually better at those than I am. And that allows me then to go, you know, work on other projects and big picture stuff. But I also know I need to keep my hands in there. So this show is going to be really good for both of us. It's, uh, gets Lauren out there. People yeah. can see the process and it keeps me more involved in those client one-on-ones. Yep, exactly. Well, uh, so I, I have a couple uh, questions for you. Um, uh, one, do, uh, the light balance, 
I'm sorry. That just runs my coffee. I, I don't, I don't enjoy it. And what I had been doing was just taking like a shot of it. You do that, or do you want to kind of not take now, it take, all in? Taking a shot of it's fine. Yeah, taking a shot of it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd it, much rather do so that. So, do you drink um, like NDK coffee or just black coffee? Yeah, and NDK. I mean, I'm going to start again. I mean, I had fallen yeah. off for a long time, but, no, it, uh, but my, my order is actually going to be at my house today, so I'll be starting back on the NDK, and I, I just, I never like yeah. the, the light balance in it. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting, and taste is a, it's a personal thing, because I have the, the opposite experience. When I was making some changes, and I switched to black coffee, just testing different things, I thought, you know, I really need to make sure I keep up on my light balance and my vitamin D. Trying to put those two in black coffee, I couldn't drink it. I thought it was awful with those two in black coffee. I The vitamin D in my NDK coffee, I don't notice. I can't tell that it's there. In black coffee, I can absolutely tell it's there, and I don't like it. But for me, on the NDK coffee, when I run out of light balance, I miss it because I think it's like adding salt to food for me. Adding that salty light balance actually amplifies all the other flavors in a way that I like. But for some reason, yeah. in black coffee, oh, I don't like it at all. <laughs> that's, that's how I was with it. Yeah. With it my NDK coffee. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you're so, fine. Just take and, and, a shot of that. Just car- doing just, and just doing just carnivore, the NDK coffee still fine? I think so. Yeah, it, you know, we we... We like to have these terms and, you know, guidelines because people need to know what to do, but I'm also not big on being so strict on things. There are a couple things, and and the one you've probably heard me say a thousand times, if you want to be healthy, you can't even cheat a little bit on grains. You you just can't. Uh, So that's the one that I'm kind of an absolutist about are the grains, but even sugar, I mean... Look, if I'm eating carnivore all day long and I have almost zero carbs, I'm not going to sweat even having a, a dish of Haagen-Dazs ice cream, which is pretty heavy on the sugar. But other than that, it's really clean. Haagen-Dazs is, is milk, cream, sugar, and a flavoring, and that's it. It's one of the cleanest ice creams on the oh, market. okay. So I, somebody would look at that and go, oh, you, but you said you don't eat sugar. Well, I've never really said I don't eat sugar. I eat a very low-carb diet, and I've had zero carbs all day. So if I want to load up on 24 grams of carbs for my dessert, some days I do that. And I don't see any real negative consequences to it. I don't feel bad. If I ate a, a, yeah, exactly. a, a, a wheat biscuit, I would know it the next day. Um, so oh, yeah. there are things that, you know, there's a term we use, the dose is the poison. For example, the question about erythritol in the cardio miracle. It's a small amount. It's the dose is the poison. We don't want a bunch of that, but I don't have to get so crazy I'm going to measure it all the time either. I mean, we it, the, the longer you do this, the more you start to realize what you can eat, what you can't, and we're all individuals. So in the beginning, most of the time, we have to tell people exactly what to eat and not to eat. But at some point, I don't want people to go through the rest of their life constantly thinking about food. 
unless they want to and they enjoy it. I mean, food's a big part of my life. I grow it, I process it, I make it, I cook, I, I, I love food. But for a lot of people, I don't want them to have to think, can I eat that? Can I eat that? In the beginning, you have to. At some point, I want people to just eat and not think about food all the time. Yeah, exactly. You know, once I get there, that's kind of you know, the way it would be. I still you know, want to stay away from the grains and all, but, uh, you know, just as long as it's, you know, eating, eating healthy, you know, that's, that's the main thing. And, Staying away from the grains. And so also on carnivore, because um, I'm looking at, at uh, well, I'm getting my order in tomorrow. Uh, and I'm neat. When you cook liver, um, I know, you know, before I would use the almond flour. But, I mean, I, if you're doing just strictly carnivore, I mean, how would you cook the liver? So here we go again. I, I'm eating carnivore. I'm not going to get crazy about the fact that I'm going to put some arrowroot flour on my liver. And I'm not going to okay. get I'm not going to get to the point where when I eat chicken, I'm not going to put hot sauce on it. I love hot sauce on my yeah, chicken. Yeah. So I, to me those things are so minor and such small amounts. So my liver recipe, soak it in buttermilk overnight pull it out of the buttermilk, dredge it in arrowroot flour, throw it in a screaming hot pan. You get a little bit of crust from that arrowroot flour. I like to leave it fairly rare. That's how I'm going to eat mine. And I would still call that carnivore. I get it. There's some flour in there. It's, it's, that's not pure carnivore. But I've never said we have to eat pure anything to get the benefits. It, carnivore-ish. I, I actually came from the book Carnivore Code, I think it was. He used the term carnivore-ish. And as soon as I heard it, I liked it. I thought, yeah, that I, I like that. We need to eat a lot more animal products in our diet. More meat, more cheese, more dairy, more seafood, more um, uh, butter, more animal products, more eggs. But why not throw some kimchi in there, some fermented hot sauce? That's kind of why I came up with the idea of fermented carnivore, because I think there's a huge yeah. benefit to adding all those fermented foods in. But I also, I'm, I, I still make my own barbecue sauce. And when I have ribs or pulled pork, I'm not giving up the barbecue sauce. I make my own, so I know it's very, very low sugar. Well, it's really zero sugar in mine. The only sweetener I use is molasses. Um, but that wouldn't be carnivore. Do you have that, you have that recipe on Healthy Tribe? Uh, actually, I don't cook with recipes, um, but I can explain like how me. to make a really, really good barbecue sauce really simple. I mean, I put a little more work into mine because I make big batches and then I can it. So then I have it whenever I need it. But here's a really, really simple recipe. Now, there's like four ingredients, so you probably at least want to write the ingredients down. I don't measure anything. I never do. But I, so I just know what ingredients go into this dish, and I just make it until I like the taste of it. Because even if I gave you the ingredients, the, the barbecue sauce I make tends to be very acidic and spicy because that's how I like mine. But some people like theirs smoother and a little sweeter. So that's why I'm not big on recipes. And then ingredients aren't always consistent. 
you know, I may be using a, a base that's different. So what we start off with, and again, there's only going to be, I think, four ingredients in this, is a good low sugar or no sugar ketchup. There's two on the market that I'm aware of. I've tried them both. They both have really good flavor and they're both clean. One is Primal Kitchen. You can buy Primal Kitchen ketchup. I, it, that brand is growing a lot because Kraft owns it now. But the ingredients are still good. So you can either start with Primal Kitchen ketchup or Portland ketchup. Another very low sugar. And I tend to use Portland ketchup because I can get it in bulk here. Uh, I buy it in like five-gallon pails so I can make big batches of my barbecue sauce. But if I don't have barbecue sauce canned, I make it on demand. Like, I'll just make a little batch right now because I, I'm making some ribs right now. And it's that easy to make. So it's basically one of those two ketchups is the base. Then good raw apple cider vinegar, molasses, and liquid smoke. And liquid smoke is real, by the way. I know people think, oh, my God, you can't do that. No, it's just smoke. (laughs) It's real wood smoke that they captured in water. That's all it is. And I like smoke taste. Oh, I never knew that. I've used it before, but never That's all it is. They put big vats of water inside their smokers, and the smoke, the water absorbs all that smoke, and that's all liquid smoke is. There's nothing wrong with it. Before I... I missed what you said right before liquid smoke. Uh, apple cider vinegar and molasses. Molasses, okay. Molasses is the... It, without molasses, it will never, ever taste like barbecue sauce. That's what turns okay. it that little darker brown kind of color really starts to make it taste like barbecue sauce. Those four ingredients will make an excellent base barbecue sauce just mix them till you get the taste you like like i said i like mine more acidic so i tend to put in more vinegar and then uh, i will I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna try it and i'm gonna can it because uh my uh, uh all-american canner came in yesterday oh excellent yeah so, that's, so and and on that i know you do a lot of meat if you do like you know like one of the things i plan on doing is a is a pork butt i'm gonna smoke it Perfect. Um, do you have to put any liquid in before you, I mean, do you have to put water or anything? You don't have to. You can dry pack, and that works fine. Okay. I tend to prefer, um, so my um, my recipe for pulled pork, I'll give it to you right now. I put it on the smoker, heavy smoke at very, very low temperature, like 185 degrees or so. Um, lots of smoke for about four hours because you're not going to get any more smoke on it than you can get in about four hours. That's going to be maximum. It won't be fully cooked, but that's okay because the canning process cooks it completely. So all we're really trying to do in this step is get some smoke on it, maybe get a little bit of a crust. So sometimes at the end, I'll turn it up a little bit, but we can cut this pork roast open and it can still be very, very rare or raw inside because it's going to cook during the canning process. Okay. Huh. All right. I didn't even think about that. Now, like if you do, um, you know, if you're canning something like I'm going to do, I'm going to do a brisket. And I like to make chopped beef out of it. Is it a good idea or not to? Because when I do chopped beef, that's when I use barbecue sauce. 
Right. Is it a good idea to can it with barbecue sauce or without? I prefer not. I don't like, I don't cook my ribs with sauce. I don't cook any of my meats with the sauce. Sauce for me is a condiment that I use afterwards. So I make my ribs with a dry rub. They, the sauce never gets cooked okay. on my ribs. Same with wings. I don't cook sauce onto my wings. The sauce is always on the side for me. And I love the sauces, but I don't ever cook with them. So here's the, I'll tell you how I finished this pulled pork because it comes out amazing. So four hours on the smoker, cube it. And I start my jars off with, um, oh, I don't know, about a quarter of a cup maybe of raw onion in the bottom. Then I do a quarter cup or so of, um, I really like to get hatch green chilies. And every year I get fresh hatch chilies and I roast them and freeze them. And I usually have a freezer full. So when it's time to can stuff, that's what I use. So a quarter cup of raw onion, quarter cup of roasted hatch chilies, pack in as much of the pork as I, I mean, I got a wooden dowel and I just pound it into there. Pack in as much as I can into the jar. Then I finish the jar with bone broth. I think it cooks better with the broth in there. It tastes amazing, and I get the benefits of bone broth. Wow, okay. Now, do you still make your own bone broth, or, I mean, no, is they just I, use the bone alive? I, I'd like to say that I do, um, but <laughs> when I get such an easy shortcut that's really the same quality as what I would make anyway, then I'll take that shortcut. I mean, I know how to make bone broth. I've made it a ton of times. I, but it, it, since I have so many other things I'm doing in cooking, that, that bone broth shortcut with the Lona Life just saves me a ton of time. Okay. Oh, I'm definitely going to try that then. Oh, I appreciate all your time today, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Love talking about food. Let's, uh, Wow. We, uh, we blew through that hour. So, um, we'll figure out how to play this. I've got Lauren on the line. She's ready to go. We still have some questions, but I think what I'm going to do, um, we're playing this by ear, by the way. I'm making these decisions on the fly, and we're experimenting with different things now. That's the whole point of this process. Um, so that we kind of build a flow and a schedule. One of the things I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to handle is I love the fact that I don't have to have a hard ending. I don't have to say, oh, look at the clock, the show's over. If I have calls and I, I have time, I'd like to keep going to get to the calls. Well, that's good on a day when there's no show right after. But if we're doing a show right after, then I kind of have to decide, how are we going to do this? Am I going to drop the calls that are there, move on to the next show? Uh, I think what we're going to do today is I will close here at the top of the hour. Um, I'm not really going to take a break. I don't need one. It'll take me uh, uh, just you know 30 seconds or so. We'll close out one show. We'll open the next show. Lauren will join me. And Lauren and I will take these calls that are there together. Um, because I like doing that. And then Lauren and I can move on to our show for the day. So that's what we're going to try. We'll see how that method works. And uh, maybe next time we'll try something different. So I'm still working through my schedule, what shows I'm going to do, when I'm going to do them, trying to figure out the best flow for everybody. The good news is that 
all of these decisions really only affect the live stream itself. After that, all the shows are, are segmented, recorded. They're in your library. You can go find them, listen to them anytime you want. So most of what we're working on right now is working out the... Um, the best method for the live shows. All right, I'm going to wrap this one up. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.